Hi, I'm David Kelly, President and CEO of Chicana Copper. Chicana Copper is a junior explorer with a very significant discovery in the Ancash province of Peru. It's a copper, gold, silver discovery. We put out our first uh, initial inferred resource uh, earlier this year, 6.7 million tons at about 1.8% copper equivalent. The mineralization is hosted in tourmaline breccia pipes. We get very, very high grade zones within these breccia pipes. We've hit massive sulfides that are 90% calcopyrite uh, in our drilling. So it's a very exciting project, but I think perhaps the most exciting part is the untapped potential. We've only tested about 18% of the targets that we've def defined on the project. And some of our best, most uh, exciting targets are yet to be uh, drilled and we're, we're advancing our permit to give us access to that. So it's a very, it's a very good time to be looking at Chicana Copper and investing in, in a batteries metals company like, like we are. I, I hear you. I, I love copper, but we can't not talk about Peru, right? So we, we, we've seen yet again another kind of ch change of government with the president being ousted. Um, we're, we're talking about Pedro Castillo um, being ousted, ousted by Congress. So What's happening? How does it affect you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's now six presidents in six years, right? So that's not a statistic that you like to throw out when you're talking about uh, sovereign risk. Um, so, yeah, you know, in, in my view is that this is a positive development for Peru. We, you know, when, when Pedro Castillo was, was elected, um, I never felt that it was going to have a significant impact on the mining industry just because of the momentum that Peru has as a mining country. But having said that, you know, his agenda was not pro-mining, uh, it was not uh, pro-business, uh, it was very much uh, pro, um, you know, uh, indigenous rights and, and supporting uh, the poor people, which is a very noble cause. There's nothing wrong with that, but he hasn't delivered on that. Uh, his his administration has been completely ineffective. Um, he's under multiple um, investigations right now for corruption. So the, to actually see Pedro Castillo ousted as president was what everyone expected would happen, right? So it's actually, if you know it's going to happen and you know that, you know, it can't get worse, it can only get better, then this is a very good uh, step for Peru. Now you look at who's the president uh, now, Dina uh, Boluarte, and she's much more qualified as president. She's still from the left and she's still from the same party that it, uh, she and Pedro Castillo initially were part of. They've been ousted from that party, but she's got a very thin line to walk right now, right? She's got to come to the center. She's got to try to build a coalition. She's just uh, appointed 17 of 19 cabinet members that are very impressive. The The Minister of Energy and Mines has got 37 years experience in the oil and gas business, um, a very successful career. Uh, he, you know, eight of the of the of the 17 uh, ministers appointed so far are women. Uh, she's the first woman president in, in Peru's history. So there's some very positive things uh, happening right now. And I'm, I'm excited about uh, us getting past the Pedro Castillo uh, administration and moving forward with something that's much more positive for Peru. Okay, so she's from the same party. She's the vice president, I, th I think, um, as well. But it, it's interesting to see how these things progress. So will she be frozen with fear about making any decisions, any missteps, um, or will she want to kind of follow her own path and, and kind of and kind of get on with things? So, um, 
in in the short term, how do you as a company play it? I mean, you know, you you, you can't be too outspoken about these things, but I, you know, I hear you. It can only be better, right? Yeah, I mean, I think she's been she's so far she's shown to be very decisive. I mean, uh, appointing a very qualified cabinet uh, as a first step. You know, she originally said that she was. Uh, would stand for the remainder of Pedro Castillo's term, which was 2026. Uh, there was a lot of protest and, and uh, outrage over that by, you know, mo- mostly Pedro Castillo's supporters saying they wanted new elections. And so she she has now put a proposal in front of Congress to move the elections up to April of 2024, two years earlier than they would have been. And I, so I think she's she's showing and demonstrating that, for, first of all, she's decisive and she's listening to what the people are saying. So, you know, what does that mean to have early elections? Well, you know, I, I think Peru's learned a very valuable lesson that if you elect a an unqualified person to be president of the country, then and they then appoint unqualified people, uh, and then you have all the corruption. That that's that's not a good thing for Peru. So I don't think the elections uh, would go anywhere close to where they went the last time. I think the next elections will will move more back to where uh, it puts Peru first, and it it brings in it 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 reassures the the foreign markets that Peru is an investable jurisdiction, and I think the mining industry is going to continue to uh, to uh, produce the way they have been. I mean, the one thing to to look at Matthew is the fact that you know copper production hasn't dropped. Uh, yes, there have been protests. Las Bombas continues to have its problems, but the mining industry is is moving ahead. It, it's still doing what it's always done in Peru, and that's produce copper, lead, zinc, gold, silver, you know, multiple metals. It's a mining jurisdiction, and that's not going to change overnight. Okay, okay. I, I, fair point. Okay, it's, it's kind of business as usual within the mining industry. Um, let's talk about you because you're obviously at the beginning end of that. You're you're an explorer. You're after these batch of, batch of pipes. 2022, it's been a tough environment to be an explorer in terms of access to capital, the cost of that capital. You've got COVID, COVID restrictions, uh, you know, and obviously movement of, um, of staff, um, employees as well, kind of being good. And copper came off. Right, I think it's back up to three ninety today. We're looking at it. Um, so starting starting to make the right noises again. So tough twenty twenty two. You're still in the game. What's twenty twenty three? How do you play it? Well, you, you know, you, you touched on the most important point is to be in the game, right? If you don't manage yourself and your business well, uh, if you don't manage your capital uh, well, then then you you won't be in the game, right? So we are in the game. We we've worked really hard to uh, to protect our capital as much as we can. Uh, you know, we've gone through every aspect of the business. You know, from a cost management uh, standpoint, how can we optimize things? How can we make sure that uh, money is going into the ground. I mean, uh, so, something that will be announced soon is, is you know, we had renegotiated our agreement with Condor to spread out the payment uh, schedule for the for one of two option agreements. Well, we've just done the same on the second agreement, and that information will come out soon. So that that helps us, right? When we raise capital, we can deploy more of that capital to go into the ground. We're still very much a discovery story. We do have a resource. Uh, I think it's a very important resource because 
it's completely open at depth. It's high grade. It's right next to an active uh, in a mining district that's active. We're the, the nearest operating mine is 500 meters to the east of our property boundary. So it's a great um, it's a great combination, I guess, to have a high grade resource that we know is going to get bigger, and then also have all of this really exceptional exploration upside. Uh, and, and that that exploration upside is recognized globally by by some of the biggest mining companies in the world. You know, we have an agreement with Barrick on the south side to test these. You know, this what I think is one of the most impressive gold anomalies I've ever seen in my career. And Goldfields uh, is the you know, as an 18% shareholder of, of Chicana. So the fact that we've got a validation from, you know, from the mining industry's best miners and our location is, is exceptional um, and we're finding high-grade mineralization, I, I really don't think there are too many juniors out here uh, today uh, that, that can speak to the same, uh, you know, positive points that we have. Right. So, but like I say, I refer to the point, it, it was a tough year last year. In terms of, you know, what you set out to do at the beginning of the year, were you able to deliver those things? Did you have to sort of change and be a little bit more agile um, and re react to the market there? And, you know, and has that held you back some? Uh, it's not really held us back. I mean, the, the main thing that's held us back is is not having the permit to drill on the south side, you know, and, and that's been a frustrating part of working in Peru my entire career. You know, this is not a, this isn't like an outcome of Pedro Castillo being uh, president suddenly Peru uh, permitting process is, is slow. It's always been slow. If you go back to my earliest interviews, I've always talked about one of the really frustrating things about working in Peru is the bureaucracy. The fact that it's multiple agencies involved, multiple levels of approval. Uh, but we've worked really hard and, and we're very close to getting that permit for the south side. Uh, we know now, just last week, Anna, which is the, the, the National Water Authority, has approved our permit that sends the permit back to the Ministry of Energy and Mines, and and what we're waiting on now is notification of the approval of the environmental permit, and then we enter the final stage, which is called initiation of activities. Uh, if things go well during that stage, then we should have the permit uh, to drill on the south side by January. Now, January and February, uh, for people that are familiar with Peru, is those are the heaviest months of the rainy season. So. Uh, you know, will we start drilling as soon as we get the permit? We will evaluate that. We have drilled through the rainy season in the past, but that's when we had uh, the, the luxury of being able to build the platforms, build the road access prior to the rainy season and then operate during the rainy season. In this case, we would have to do that work in the middle of the rainy season. So we might wait till March to start drilling. But I can tell you this, it's we've got some really, really exciting uh targets to drill on the south side. We've advanced the permit to the point that it's almost in hand. We've done some great uh, community services work uh, by uh, by building a community uh, a meeting center or meeting hall in one of the local communities. Uh, and that's just been signed off by, by the local community. We're advancing the geometallurgical program with the eye that, you know, this high grade resource on the north side could go into production much sooner than than something else uh, that we might find this year or next year on the project. So we're we're moving forward on multiple points. We haven't been delayed that much. Uh, you know, we're watching our capital very carefully. We just got a $500,000 uh, IGV refund 
one. That was just approved yesterday. So that's a nice little injection of capital into the company to go with the 2.8 million we already had. So we're, we're healthy financially. Uh, we've got a bright outlook. Um, the permit's almost in hand, and I like you. I'm like you. 2022 was a very was a rough year uh, for multiple reasons, but I do think things are going to change in 2023, and it's going to look better. Well, I mean, let's let's look at what the what those catalysts could be, because I think the market didn't do much heavy lifting for anyone last year. Or sorry, 2022, 2023. There's a few. I guess some, some green shoots that people are referring to. Um, and maybe it's hope more than anything. Obviously, today's announcement by US government on inflation figures help. It's a start. There's been a reaction from in, in the markets, but that in itself is not going to be enough. So what else is going to help? Copper price, I suspect. But what else do you need? Well, I think, you know, it, it seems like every month for me, there's there's more recognition of the importance of copper as a, as a battery metal, as, as, a, as a green energy metal, right? Um, and, and people are catching on. People are understanding. You know, a year ago, we were talking about, well, what's missing now? You, you know, you're a copper company. Uh, what does that mean for, for the investment uh, market? And what it means is, is the fact that copper is, is is the backbone of the green energy revolution. There's just no other way to think about it. It's it, it's a great metal for uh, economic growth, but it's also it's it features prominently in every single green energy technology that that is out there. Wind, uh, solar. Uh, even nuclear uh, transmission, storage, everything involves copper. So I think that's getting better all the time. I think the the supply of copper is always going to uh, be an issue because we know that the, the major mines are decreasing in grade. The old mines are running out of uh, production, out of ore. Uh, new, new mines uh, coming on are not going to fill that gap. So there is a looming supply gap. It's going to get worse with the with uh, with uptake of clean energy type of things. Um, so I, I think that's uh, I think that's going to work in, in not just our favor, but but all copper company uh, that are that are in you know in this industry. Right. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm just sort of just look, looking forward to. Um, 2023 because it's, it's not 2022. Um, but also trying to understand that the speed at which this thing moves, the speed at which a market can, can move, a, fr- a phrase which is thrown at us all the time is, you know, metal super cycle coming. People are understanding the, the basics of, you know, how things work out there. You know, younger people are moving away, are sort of moving towards commodities with a utility to them, you know, such as, you know, and I, commodities which can solve problems can they um you know help with you know net zero carbon emissions can they help with the kind of green revolution can they make our lives the younger generation better so um are you are you i don't know what conversations you're having because obviously you kind of got a big institutional component to um this but you also do you know go out and talk to um investors what what are you hearing from them that they need to see from you to get involved with with companies like you i'm i'm pro copper you know i think we need all of the above but what's going to get them over the line to invest in kind of you know you know smaller earlier stage stories like yourself yeah i mean a lot of the a lot of the conversations i've had uh recently have been with uh very opportunistic investors you know they're value investors they uh, they like our story. They like the fact that uh, we have a good discovery track record and we have a lot of upside potential. But they also see the value. And, and you know, I've had numerous conversations lately with people that are coming in and buying uh 
taking advantage of, of the, you know, the contrarian investors, they're investing when the market's down. Just go look at the volume of our stock in the last week. You know, we've had huge volume and it's people that are, they're trying to take advantage of the situation. Um, you know, there's been tax loss selling, but yet we've held our, our share price for the most part. So that tells me that we, we're, we've got some smart uh, retail investors out there that are coming in and seeing the value. They're recognizing the fact that, you know, we've got 190,000 ounces of gold, uh, 11.7 million ounces of silver, and 130 million pounds of copper just in our initial resource. And um, and then it's all open, so it's gonna it's gonna get better. And if you look at the value of our company in terms of like dollars per gold ounce in the ground, it's it's thirteen dollars an ounce in the ground, and 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 gold's at eighteen hundred dollars an ounce today. So those are the kind of things that the really smart investors pick up on. Um, and and then the copper thing, yeah, I think that's that's always been the focus of our company is, is is copper. We're seeing some things in the geology that are so exciting for us. You know, everyone saw always the first thing they ask is is where's the porphyry? You know, where's the the heat engine that's driving these high grade tourmaline breccia pipes? Well, as we are are moving deeper and deeper in the system with our drilling. Also, you know, coming down the mountainside, but still drilling deeper holes, we're seeing a deeper part of the geology that we hadn't seen before. And, you know, we're, we're learning a lot about where the source of this uh, mineralization is coming from. And so that's also part of the work that we're doing now. I mean, we've got these targets on the south side to drill. They're just obvious things are in your face. You have to drill these things. But we're also building our knowledge about what's really driving the engine on on uh, on this system. And if you were to drill a deeper hole to look for a porphyry, where would you go? And so that's an exciting part of the geologic story too that's also evolving. Okay, but I guess the, the, most, the most important question You've got to answer for for your shareholders or for anyone looking in to try and you know get get on board the the, the the copper thematic is like how do you go from where you are today and and show where the the value comes from where where how this company should be should be valued and 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 by that I mean you've got a you talk about the pounds that you've got you talk about the ounces that you've got and. Again, we've talked to a lot of companies who've said, well, look, we, maybe we need to just shake up and change up our strategy for how we you know, access capital, um, DSO type projects. We've seen people shake up their strategy by going from large projects to smaller projects with smaller capex requirements. So they're not kind of blowing out the, the share, share structure, um, having to, having to raise expensive capital or, you know, they say, well, actually sort of, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to drill. We're just going to drill, drill, drill and just kind of keep this thing, keep this going and hope that we can continue to raise money. I mean, you must have had those discussions at board level and be prepared to, you know, you know, change things up to kind of make them work because at the moment like i said you've been battered by so many waves you've got to hope that next year copper price does it for you you've got to hope that it's a much more positive momentum driven marketplace but th those things are out of your control so what are the things that you look to that you are in control of that you the levers that you do have available to you well you know some of the things we talked about stay in the game right uh when when people look at chicana for an investment I love talking to those people, you know, um, and I want them to see that we're running an, an optimized business. We're focused on the bottom line. We're spending our shareholders' money um, as carefully as we can. 
so that that's that's principle number one. Do you, do you believe in the management of the company that you're that you're investing in? Uh, the exploration uh, upside is 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 has done. You know, we've done very well with that. That's still going to be. Uh, a prominent part of that's what our you know you mentioned institutional shareholders and our strategic shareholder in goldfields they want they believe there's tier one discovery potential here tier one i mean that's that's in the top you know quartile of all discoveries uh globally so if you if, if you've got a company that believes in that potential in your project and believes in your team that's that's a great thing uh a great point of validation and so we we very much want to drill to uh smartly to test that potential potential. Uh, we also want to advance our knowledge of the resource that we have so that, you know, we, we, we might have an option in the future of putting a high grade, small tonnage, high grade operation into into production on the north side. You know, we, we've hit massive sulfide zones in, in our breccia pipes that are, you know, 27 percent uh, copper and a kilogram of silver. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And that and that exploration uh, on those breccia pipes is still open as well. So we can kind of play uh, the di you know different games. Are we going to radically change our strategy? Uh, not not in any significant way. We're not going to we're not going to go out and acquire a bunch of properties and and turn into a, a project generator uh, or something like that. You know, we believe in what we're doing. Uh, we have really strong backing with our institutional shareholders and our strategic uh, shareholder. Uh, so we're going to continue uh, to do what we've done. Uh, but we're also going to, you know, promote the fact that we are part of the, the green energy revolution. We have uh, copper, and, and we've talked about this before, you're much better off producing copper at a high grade than at a low grade from, from an environmental standpoint. You know, if you look at the, at the CO2 emissions associated with a giant disseminated low grade copper deposit versus a high grade copper deposit, it, there's, there's not even a comparison. It's, you're much better off producing your metal from high grade deposits than you are from low grade deposits. Okay, so 2023, what are we judging you on? What are you going to do with the capital you've got available to you? And why is it going to make a difference? Uh, judge us on our performance in getting that permit. Uh, that's really critical. That opens up, you know, uh, 2,500 hectares on the south side. We've already done all the exploration. We're ready to go, right? We're fine tuning our, uh, our target selection and the number of drill holes. You know, the plan is to drill about 4,000 meters on the south side. Um, I'd like to have another thousand meters for a deeper test on the north side. Again, coming back to this idea of, you know, what's driving this mineral system. We're we're kind of we're 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 thinking big, uh, you know, thinking big with respect to the exploration. Let's let's bust this thing wide open. You know, let's put all the knowledge that we have. Uh, judge us on uh, on the knowledge we gain and how much we advance our understanding of the resources. We're doing a geometallurgical uh, study right now. We've just engaged a very talented metallurgist uh, to work with the geometallurgical mineralogical work that we're doing. We're sponsoring a PhD study at the, uh, at the University of Tasmania at CODES on uh, the geometallurgical um, characteristics of the Soledad breccia pipe. So that kind of knowledge uh, gain is, is really important. Um, and then, you know, judges on our performance on the ESG side of things, you know, and, and, and the work that we've done with the communities. We've just, we've just completed a two-story um, community hall uh, that is, is, when you look at this 
this building on the side of the mountain in this very small community of 150 people, they have something that they're really, really proud of. It's a brand new community center. It's two stories. It has uh, all the modern facilities, bathrooms, and and uh, running water and electricity. Uh, and it's it's a great example of the collaboration and positive uh, outcome that can come from a mining company working in a, uh, with a local community and, and the mutual benefit that, that that relationship brings. So I would love to be judged by that in the market. And, um, and, and I'd like to be judged at the end of 2023 with, uh, with, uh, with our share price performance, because at the end of the day, that's how our, our shareholders get, get rewarded.